Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. Once again, this is your host, Greg Lindbergh. On this episode, we have part two of our two-part conversation with Michelle Jorgensen. And in case you missed episode 10, where we featured part one of this conversation, Michelle is a legally blind mixed martial arts competitor from Canada. And in this episode, we discuss uh, Michelle's performance at the Para Pan Am Games competing in judo. So here we go with episode 11. And I know you had mentioned to me that you did compete on the Canadian uh, national judo team, correct? That actually, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> when, when I had first started judo, um, because, because my, my friend Kathy, like she knew me a little bit and she knows uh, that I'm visually impaired and she goes, you know, you could get to Paralympics one day. And I went, huh. Talk to me about that experience at the Pan Ams and who did you actually compete against and just what was that whole experience like for you? It was definitely interesting. Um, so leading, leading up to the Pan Ams, we were not sure what weight class I was going to be fighting in um, because I'm kind of, I uh, like, I could have cut weight, like lost about five pounds and gone into a lower weight class, but I am extremely stubborn. <laughs> and I like my food. 
food and I don't like dieting very much. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't really want to lose the five pounds. Right. There was there was a bit of a headbutting because you know my my coach is trying to be a good coach and I'm being typical stubborn me going like I don't I don't want to eat just chicken. I want steak. You know? <laughs> at just my normal weight and going in uh they had a 70 kilogram weight division i think it's about 155 pounds and and that's like the maximum limit so when i weighed in for this weight class i was at 66 kilograms which is like 145 pounds and everyone's like everyone's looking at me going you know these these other girls in this division have cut weight like they're coming down there they're dropping about 10 five pounds 10 pounds like they way outweigh you and and i went I don't care. Like, I fight jujitsu all the time. Sometimes these girls don't weigh me by 30 pounds, and they're a belt level above me. What the hell? I like, I don't care. You know? Right. Um, so I, I end up going in, and it was, it, it, it ended up only being me and one other woman there, actually, in, in that weight division. Oh, I see. There was supposed to be, a, there was supposed to be a world champion, actually. I think she... She was going to compete in our weight class, but I think she ended up moving up a weight class um, because she just had a baby. So I was like, well, I mean, c- congratulations, but thank God I don't have to fight the world champion black belt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know? Yep. So uh, it, it ended up being just me and this, this one woman from Uruguay in, in our weight division. So they said, well, you guys are going to fight three times. Best two of three takes the gold medal. So I was like, okay, sure. But then I'm looking and I'm going, I don't even know who my opponent is. Like, I don't know how big she is. I don't know what belt level she is. Well, eventually I finally see this chick and she's one belt level above me. And I mean, I, I think she was probably around the upper limit of the, of the weight class, but really like 15, 20 pounds, maybe heavier than me. So I went, oh, okay. You know, that, that's okay. So I'm sitting there listening to my iPod and I'm like, bobbing around I'm, I'm training i'm getting getting prepared with some of the other uh team canada athletes i'm visiting with my coach and she goes so how do you feel now because like leading up to all this i i hadn't really gotten that amped up like oh my god i'm fighting in the pan ams wow i was like well it's another competition so what like i don't see what the big deal is just because you know it's pan ams it's just a competition to me like they're not and they're oh yeah it'll change when you get there so, like, we're going through all this training, and, 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 like, athletes are just kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? Because so many of them are not eating, and, and they're sitting in the sauna, and they're trying to lose weight, and I'm sitting there with a glass of wine eating brownies. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking at me like, I hate you right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, I'm not, I'm not changing anything. I'm just here to fight. I don't, you know. Yeah, but, yep. Uh,
the national coach was kind of looking at me. He's just like, well, what's, what's your plan? Like, how do you plan? I said, I don't know. Like, I, I never have a, I never have a plan. I, I just go in and I, I fight. Like, I respond, you know, and that's, that's my plan. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I was just ready to go because um, I had gone in, in the fall, I had done like six competitions in six weeks. You know, so I, I was fighting, like, every weekend for, for a month and a half. And then December rolled around, and there was no competition. So it was, like, just my my, my drug had been taken away, basically. You know, I was just like, where do I go? Who do I, what do I do now? You know? Yeah. January comes up, and I'm able to fight again. And I went, yes, like, just, I, I don't care what it is. Just let's, let's go, let's go, you know. And I, I get up there, and I, I get out, and I'm standing on the mat, and... Me and, me and this girl are facing each other, and we literally cannot speak the same language. Like, I only speak English. She was from Uruguay. She speaks Spanish. We cannot speak the same language, <laughs> but we both understand, like, the gestures and the words that they use in judo. So we knew, you know, they, they bring us out onto the mat, and they say, okay, like, you know, you go to one side, you go to the other side, and, and get your grip. Um, for, for visually impaired judo, they let you, they make you start with grip. And, and you have to maintain contact. So for me, this was like a really new experience to be starting already gripped up on the person and, and having to make, maintain contact because I'm so used to fighting in able-bodied divisions and in jujitsu where like you don't start with grips, you know, that, that person can shoot in for a wrestling takedown and, and, and do whatever they want. Like you're, you're, you're just in it. So I was like, oh, okay, start with grips. Well, this, this woman that I was fighting, I didn't realize this was her first competition ever. And oh, I mean, wow. I, I think it was like my 14th competition, I think, and I had, I had literally just done six in a row, and, and some of them had two divisions, you know? So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm like, very used to competing. She's, this is her first time. I didn't realize. So we, we gripped up, and we started just going at each other, and, and she was really, like, stiff, straight arms just kind of trying to hold me away, and I was, like, holding on to her again. I was ripping her around, and I was trying to just drag her down to the floor, just, like, anything I could do to get her down on the floor and win that judo match. Like, you, you can win in three ways. Either you throw them flat on their back, or you hold, you pin them down and hold them down, or you submit them with a, a choke or, or some kind of a arm attack, right, like a, like a joint lock on their arm. So I'm like, I just want to get her on the floor because I know my jujitsu is stronger than my judo, right? Like, so like my, me fighting someone on the ground, I, I've got a better chance beating her on the ground than I do of trying to throw her. Right. I was like, I got to just get her to the floor and, you know, get a submission or something was, was my goal. So she, she was kind of trying to hold me away and I just kept launching in at her and I'm trying, trying this throw, trying that throw, just anything to get her down on the floor. And I went in for this one throw and I... I kind of, I had my back turned to her. I was trying to throw her, like, over my shoulder, and I felt her pull me back. I, I had leaned backwards a little bit. I felt her pull me back, and I went, oh, no, I'm about to lose right now, right? Because <laughs> if my back hits the ground first, it's game over. So I just, like, midair flipped onto my stomach, and I somehow kicked her leg out, I think, as we were going down. And the ref, like, stops the fight, and he does this little hand gesture to the judges to, like, replay the camera footage. Because we, we both hit the floor, and, like, as soon as we hit the 
so I somehow won the first match. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I just won a judo match using judo. That's a first. <laughs> so I, I walk over to the national coach, and he just goes, what did you do? I said, I don't know. He's just like, you won the match. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, our our second match didn't exactly go my way. I, I kept trying to throw my my opponent, and I, I was trying to get her, and she eventually was able to, to throw me. Um, hmm. So she won the second match, and I was just like, oh, no. Right? So now we're one and one. Even, and yep. Yeah. So I'm like, we're going into the gold medal match. This could go either way. Like, if I don't win this, you know, so then national coaches go, I'm like, what, what's your plan? It's like, I'm just dead, like, dragging her to the floor. I said, I'm not trying to throw her. I'm going to tell you right now. I said, you're not getting a pretty throw on this one. Like, that's not what's happening today. Like, I am getting her on the ground. I'm pinning her there. If I can get a submission, fantastic. But, like... She is just getting drugged to the ground. That's that's the game plan. So uh, I went out there, and that's exactly what I did. I just kept like doing. Basically, it was like like a, a kind of throw where you, you drop down to your knees, and they they're supposed to flip over your shoulder. But it was like I was holding on, and I was like ripping her, and I was just dead weight, like cannonball, dropping myself to the floor, <laughs> and I just kept dragging her and dragging. I dropped down, and I get back up, and I dropped down, and I get back up, and I just kept trying to drag her to the floor. And eventually, I got her down on the floor, but she rolled to her stomach. And I went, oh! So, like, <laughs> I climbed on top of her, and I went, well, I gotta get in for a choke. So I was trying to, like, slip my hand under her neck for a choke, and it just wasn't going in. And then I went, oh, wait, I remember the one nasty thing I'm allowed to do in doodle. I'm allowed to dig my knuckles into her neck or the side of her face. And that's exactly what I started doing, just, like, cramming my knuckles into her neck, into her face, just trying to make her really uncomfortable, get that space... I finally got her flipped onto her back, and I went to grab onto her, and the ref, the ref speaks in Japanese. Like, he uses, like, Japanese words for stop, go, that kind of thing. So hmm. I get her on her back, and then I heard the ref go, like, ah! and I'm like, what was that mess? Like, what, what word was that? So I thought he had motioned, like, stop, reset. So I got up, and I let her up, and then I just hear my coach, Kathy, I go, I think I heard him say I win. And so I kind of 
then he's just like, done, done, it's done, let her go. <laughs> <laughs> talk about drama like you said it was all even and then having to kind of win twice essentially that second you know the, the third match pretty crazy oh, man. <laughs> so then you did you did actually win a gold then for that uh that performance yeah i did uh took home the gold medal there um that was my fifth fifth gold medal i've got six now most of them are both of them are from jiu-jitsu I've, I've got a total of 15, so I've got, uh, between between judo and jiu-jitsu, I've got uh, six gold, uh, five silver, and four bronze. Hey, congrats. That's, you know, in such a short amount of time you've been involved in the sport. It's like, wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> and Thank I th- you. And I think you had also told me that you're basically undefeated as far as, you know, competition goes. Yeah. I think, and it is, there, there's no competitions going on, but um, because of my performance at the Pan Ams, I'm actually ranked 10th in the world in, in my division right now, so um, we're not sure what's going to happen, like at, at this point, the Paralympics and Olympics have both been postponed by a year, so they're going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, please don't do this to me again, COVID, but, <laughs> you know, hopefully running in uh, uh, summer of 2021. So, right. like, at this point, I, I don't know. I, I was uh, set to go compete in the Grand Prix in England. I would have done that April 11th or 12th, and if I had medaled there, I could have been going to the last Paralympic qualifier in uh, Azerbaijan for the second Grand Prix, and, I mean... If I had done well enough in in those two, I I could have been off to the Paralympics in in Tokyo. Wow. uh, I I guess we're just going to have to see next year. I don't know if if they're going to pick up where they left off and say, okay, your your standing from the Pan Ams counts. You know, we're keeping that. And, you know, well, let's let's go at the qualifiers and Paralympics again and and let's see what happens. So I'm, I'm sincerely hoping they do because... Like, I, I, I love competition, and, and I don't care if I'm fighting a able-bodied jiu-jitsu competition or a Paralympic judo qualifier. I, it, it makes no difference to me. I just, 
amazing. I love the, the sportsmanship and, and the adrenaline rush and all that. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to, to one, like get to, get to travel and get to do this. But also, when you're competing at that level, the, the opponents are coming from all over the world, all different countries. Like, you get to meet so many interesting people, but you get to compete against a lot of different people as well. Um, because in, in these sports, you know, like there's not, most people don't end up competing in judo and even jujitsu, like there's very few women in jujitsu. There's even hmm. less that compete. So a lot of times I'm, I'm fighting the same people over and over again. And but they're great people and I love competing against them. You know, I'm always getting better. They're always getting better. It's a challenge every time, but it, it's nice to get that new opponent that like, I don't know what your style is. I don't know what your skill is. I, like, this is a guessing game. This is a whole new challenge for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And I'm curious, even at the, the Para Pan Am Games, did you have a chance to, to talk to any other competitors? You know, did you get to connect with anyone else there? I did, yeah. Um, I made a few friends on the American team, which was great. Um, you know, we were all kind of huddling together because we all speak English so we can all <laughs> understand each other without uh, trying to use a translating app on our phone. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I met people from all over North and South America. Um, actually, my my opponent from Uruguay, I'm still friends, we're, we're friends on Facebook and uh, we actually chat now and then. Um, hmm. Even though, you know, I speak English and she speaks Spanish, um, I actually took some Spanish in university and since since I've been communicating with her more, I'm trying to learn my Spanish again. So it's, there, there's a lot of Google Translate going on when we when we do try to communicate, but uh, it's actually really interesting that, you know, you go through an experience like that and you come out of it with friends from all over the world that, like, I, I still talk to quite a few of them, actually. And then I know you did mention uh, that you're, you're ranked currently number 10 in the world, and is there a certain ranking that you have to get to in order to actually, you know, compete in the Paralympics, or how does that work? In theory, there is, but it, it does come down sometimes to circumstance. Uh, so for, for the Paralympic Games, they, they divide people up um, kind of based on your vision. So they have level B1 for people who are completely blind, um, people like B2 is sort of my, is, is my visual, visual level. So like your, your vision's pretty bad. Um, and then there's B3 that it's like, you're legally blind, you count, but you have the best vision out of this group. So they, they kind of split it up like, like that. So for Paralympic qualifiers, I think they have four spots reserved. They take the top eight or they, they take eight out of the, the world, and they have, th- like, four spots reserved for for specific groups. So I think two of them are for B1, completely blind athletes. Um, they have one spot for the hosting country. They get one athlete gets to go. And then they have another spot for, um, like, it's, it's an apartheid spot. So for a developing nation that may not have the funds to send an athlete, but they have an athlete with the skill level to go. So four of the eight slots are already taken, in, in theory. Oh, I see. If I, I want to go, I mean, like, you know, there's like, well, we take eight people. So, okay, I'm currently ranked number 10. So if I were to get up to number eight, I'd be able to go, well, you know, <laughs> like, 
basically like if, if you're a ranked level B2 or B3, you've probably got to be in the top four to be really secure. Um, that being said, it is a combat sport and it is based on weight classes. So I could be, say, say ranked number six, right? I, I go through the other qualifiers and like I get my medals, but I just don't quite crack that top four. Well, I'm ranked number six. And, you know, all of a sudden, one woman doesn't make weight and another woman gets an injury and can't compete. Well, now all of a sudden, I'm in the top four and I'm going to the Paralympics. You know, so, I mean, like, stuff like that can happen and it does it does happen all the time in these sports. So, um, technically top eight, realistically top four, but in actuality, I mean, it, it comes down to circumstance. Right, I see. Let's talk about just a few other things here. <clears throat> as far as just your, your confidence, I'm curious, how has competing in martial arts, how has it improved or really helped you, you know, just in your, your self-confidence as a person? Well, it's, it's definitely helped me um, in, in terms of my, my feeling of, like, ability to defend myself. Um, because, you know, like I say, like, I, I went through a, a bad relationship and I was bullied when I was a kid. And, and I, I felt the need to defend myself, but I wasn't really, like, I, I could in theory, but I, I didn't really know how. So now when I go into these competitions and I'm able to, you know, like win against a, a skilled competitor who knows how to fight, you know, in, in an able-bodied division, yeah, yeah, I'm competing against women most of the time. I, I have gone in, into competitions and actually submitted a, a grown man who is the same belt level as me. So, I mean, when I'm able to do things like that, it, it just, it makes me feel more safe. It's like, well, obviously I'm learning skills that, that work. And if I ever need to defend myself, I feel like I'll be able to at least do enough to get out of the bad situation that I'm in. But it also just, it like, the ability to be in, in that kind of community where everyone is very welcoming, they're very accepting. Like my my team now is, is always cracking jokes with me. It doesn't matter if it's the MMA club or the judo club. Like we're always joking around. We're always giving each other hugs. We're it's it's just such a warm, welcoming, friendly community, and it's it's amazing what that can do for a person. You know, because when you go from being the kid that like they the teachers don't want to teach you anything. I mean, like, I was, like, three or four years old trying to go to preschool, and there was a petition going around to have me kicked out of the preschool because I can't see. Mm. So I didn't belong there. Right. Like, I've, I've literally been protested against because I can't see, you know? And then I, I go in here, and I'm just like, wow, here's this judo, jujitsu world champion, and she's willing to train me. Wow, here are these, you know, competitive fighters that they've gone to like the, all kinds of all kinds of fight leagues and, and you know they're they they know what they're doing. They're super high skilled. They could have a way more you know like a an opponent who can a, a partner who can see what they're doing, who could be a better training partner for them. But they're they're more than happy to train with me, and and they help me, and and I've actually been able to help them. You know, like it's it's an amazing feeling to to be so welcomed and so accepted into a community like that. Yeah, that's that's so well said. I know, like, in my case, I've really gotten into beat baseball 
And it's, you know, I would describe it as the same way. Just there's everyone's so accepting and warm and friendly. And it's tough to find that, you know, as a person with a disability, just walking around it, it, you know, no matter what you do in your life, it can be really tough to find those types of communities, those types of individuals that really do, you know, kind of overlook your disability and say, you know, you are just a person and there are a lot of things you can do. I mean, I, I, I was just standing on the mats one time, and I, I turn around, and one of my one of my teammates, Maria, she's comes up behind me, and she's like throwing little fake uh, fake punches and kicks at me, like she's shadow boxing with me, basically. <laughs> so I start doing it back to her, and she's coming closer and closer. And I grab her, I grab her by the back of the head, and I start throwing these little mock knees, and she's throwing mock knees, and the next thing she's hugging me and just going, "This is what we do," and you know, it's, it was it's so amazing. It's, the coaches are always joking with me too. I was uh, I was standing on the side of the mat one time. I was putting uh, putting my gloves on, getting ready to go into Muay Thai. And uh, our head coach David Lee, he goes, uh, "Oh, you jumping in?" I said, "Yeah, we got odd numbers though." He's like, "Stops me, looks at looks at the mat, looks at me, and he goes, what? I said, "Yeah, we got 19 people." And he just stands there and he stares at me and he goes walking across the mat and he goes. She can't see her effing phone, and she's over here sniping people. <laughs> like, like, like the, the, the jokes are, are fantastic. My my jujitsu coach Tyler is always always like just teasing and, and joking with me. You know, like I, I go, I'm walking into the walking into the club one day, and I'm just walking along the side of the mat. And he goes, "Watch out!" And I stop and I look at him. I'm like, "What?" He's like. No, there's nothing there. I just like screwing with you. I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, and he's just like, oh, the irony. Like, that's his favorite one, the irony. And I'm like, yep. man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we, just, we have so much fun there. It's, it's, it's so great. That's awesome. Yeah, when you can really joke around like that and just, you know, poke fun at each other and without ticking anybody off, that, that definitely shows, you know, the camaraderie and the, the friendships there. Definitely. Yeah. So just to wrap up here, I did want to ask just kind of one final question. Uh, if, if there is someone listening to this podcast, you know, who's blind or visually impaired that might be interested in the martial arts, what kind of advice would you have as like a first step for that person to, to get involved? As a first step, um, you know what, your, your biggest challenge is walking through the door. And, and I mean that like, like on the person actually looking to train it's it's the hardest thing that you're going to do is walking through that door and saying you know i'm i'm here i would like to learn martial arts it's it can be scary it can be intimidating but i mean i i guarantee you 100 percent. like this is such a, a welcoming community and sometimes you know they you get a, a bad rap from people that don't understand and they think like well I've watched wrestling and it's fake and I've watched UFC and it's violent. So these people are bad and it's, they're, they're not like they're, they're the most welcoming, most accepting group of people I have ever encountered. And I have trained at a lot of different gyms because I, I travel. So when I'm in a, in a different town, I'll just stop in and say, Hey, you know, I, my name's Michelle. I, I, you know, blue belt in jujitsu and green belt in judo, and I've been training Muay Thai for three years. You know, I, I train at Toshido MMA. I train with Kathy Hubble, David Lee. Uh, you know, 
can I can I come train with you guys for a day? Oh sure, yeah. I know Kathy. I get my keys off her. Oh man, I've heard of David. Yeah, he's he's got some awesome fighters under him. Yeah, yeah. Come come on in. You know, they're like it doesn't matter where you go. They're they're so welcoming and they're so happy to have you there. Um, that I I think it would be a great experience for anyone. But also when you are starting, uh, I think finding the right gym for you is very important. So. If you are in an area that has multiple martial arts facilities like I am, just uh, try them all. You know, like you, you don't have to, you can do a trial class, though they usually will have at least one free class for you to try. Um, when I joined up to Toshido, they gave me a free week to try. And it, it's twofold, right? They want you to try a class or, or a week or a day or whatever each gym's policy is. They want you to try to see if you like it, but it's also are you a good fit for that club, you know? Because if someone comes in and they're just unnecessarily trying to hurt somebody or they're just really, you know, a, a guy comes in and he's just trying to pick up all the girls in there or something like that, they, they're not going to want that person in there, right? They, so they, they give you this chance to try for free to see if you like them, do they like you, so it never hurts to try other, like, the different clubs, especially when you're just beginning, and really find a good fit for you. Yeah, very well said, great advice, just, I, I can really sense the passion in your voice, and, and just everything, and I uh, just want to thank you again, again, this is Michelle Jorgensen we've been talking to, and uh, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us uh, here on Eyes Free Sports. I look forward to following your progress, and best of luck to you. Thanks for having me. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports, and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.